I am unashamed. What about you? Well, I looked up and everybody was gone. <laughs> that seems to happen frequently at your place. Like, did I miss the meeting? My wife had an event in Tennessee. She's visiting the grandbaby, and Mia turned the corner, and uh, she's from her shoulder going down. Yeah, she's she's looking she's looking good. I mean, feeling better. Really, it was a rough deal. So yep. she took off to some church camp, which I thought was pretty courageous. I mean, because she looks like she'd been in a fight. But yep. uh, I was like, hey, she wants to see her friends, and she's uh. I told her she needs to eat something. Boy, she lost some weight. Yeah, it's hard to was, eat when you're. She, she you wasn't a, like she had a ton to lose to begin with. She's pretty. Oh, scared. that was so, basically uh, just a reaming out of. Reaming, yep, ream out, and and previous just, operations. Uh, yeah, basically it was the finishing touches, but it was a lot. You know, when you say that, you're thinking icing on the cake. Now this was more just like a brutal. <laughs> Make another cake. Weak. Yeah, it, it was it was brutal. The resilience of uh, of young people, especially with conditions that are you have to manage like that, is tough. But so I've but, been. But I, this must this must have been a good week for you, Jay's, because you've said in the past that when you're alone, that's some of the best company you keep. Yeah, so. but <laughs> I got a war going on at my house, and uh, I, I'll 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 share something with you. And uh, now this is this is hard. I feel like we need one of these, uh, you know, things about saying the material that I'm fixed to disclose. <laughs> a disclaimer is uh, of a graphic nature, <laughs> which may cause. Josh put a warning, uh, warning, yeah. a warning. Discomfort. I got y'all's attention now, huh? <laughs> you did. So I walk into the pantry. You'd have to come up with some pretty wild stuff to top <laughs> the woke bunch and the ideas they come up with. But you see, belt on. Yeah, they've got grown so, men laboring with pain. Well, with oh, boy. Pains. Okay. All right. You just saying I'm not going to go with the earphones today, huh? No, no. I'm thinking to give me a cup of coffee while you talking about your cold. <laughs> All right, go get you a cup of coffee. <laughs> I thought Phil put them on there. No. You can do that when you're se- when you're 76 <laughs> and you, you just whatever. What, do what you want to do. do what you want. I like the care. lead. It was like, you know, I, I don't know. You can't top that. And he's just like, I'm out of here. So I walk into the pantry and I see some. Some <laughs> fluttering, and I've noticed this fluttering in the last couple of weeks. Fluttering. Fluttering. <laughs> fluttering. Little That's always a bummer down here on the river. Insects. Some type of insect. Uh-oh. Yep. So I thought, you know, I got my hat, and I went to, well, they just kept coming. Just, they just kept coming and kept coming. So I started moving things around in the pantry, and I looked, and it, Usually it looked one like one object, one food source, one spall. This I look like I look. These are big. These are big creatures. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I look on the on the pantry, and there looks like maggots. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Not good. And I'm like maggots, but these these are not flies. They're what I concluded they were moths. Yeah. Ah, but the moth. And you're seeing the larva, the moth the larva. larva. So the the graphic nature of this, as I start doing this research, of course, I killed just hand to moth combat hundreds. <laughs> it, it became a war. <laughs> I stopped my life and said, "Okay, 
You I have started see. a fire. They're drawn to flame. Folks, as well. he is saying, so. welcome to Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. So here's what I found interesting. Here's the disturbing part. Here's the part we need a, need a caption for. These things came from wherever I bought them. They said the larva, because I, I start doing the research. They, like, so you buy, you know, any kind of dry food. Well, these larvae, they're contaminated at wherever they came from. So basically, they're hatching off in a bag from of where you got, yeah, yeah, from where you got them. That's uh. why I always wash generously any kind of foodstuffs, especially things that come out of the ground. Yeah. Because they were hanging out around the rice, beans, meal, yep. flour. And the more I moved, the more they came. I mean, I mean, you know, maggots are disgusting. Yeah. Yep. I thought... So then I'm looking at all the food items that they inhabit on the, I mean, cereal. So it's like, as I'm looking at the list, I'm just trash, <laughs> trash. It's a clean, clean up. That's, that's great. Yeah, it was a clean up. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, there were hundreds, not seven or eight. And, of course, this morning I went back in there. This is a couple of days of killing and cleaning and throwing away. And there's. And we're still more flying around. I was They're like, still, you know, here we go again. Out. That's why I was three minutes late. I was like, oh, I, so the floor is just, it's just death. <laughs> so, but it made me think of those verses, you know, those verses where moth and rust destroy. Oh, yeah. The, That's changed. Treasures. Well, it, uh, I'll look it up, but because I'm a treasure hunter by, by trade these days. I was thinking that was in James, but it may be somewhere. Well, let me look here. Now, now we we uh, now Zach, been... you're a scholar. Yeah. Uh, where Our moths destroy? Matthew... Here we go. I got it. Matthew six nineteen. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy. You had too much grub and not enough protection. For that, uh, you. So so what what was the final final word on it it's still ongoing well, it's it's ongoing. Word. i think i took i think i have i have regained control well they've got these the guys you know that pull up and they got their sprayer and they walk in there and you tell them you tell them what the situation was and i've never i've had bad experiences with the pest control when they come in i'll, I'll watch what they do because i'm into i'm into that oh, i was right as well james five two your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Well, I think it's, yep. a, look, by the way, that's a different kind of moth. The one that eats the clothes is different from the one that eats the cereal. Yeah. Really? Yep. So did you finally trace it back to the spot where they were? There was a can of grits. I mean, a little, uh, you know, you know how them grits come in those little containers? We buy yeah. by the bag. Well, I, I messed up and bought it by the container, and I can't remember the last time I had some grits. And that yeah. seemed to be the, the mecca. That was center. ground zero. That was, I think, the grits. Yeah, which I love grits, but I'm going to have to take a month off. That's <laughs> the idea of it, you know. Well, I tell you what, that's a pretty good little cold open on what happened down in here. But, uh, I'll give you another one. This just goes okay. under the heading. I like it when we do a Tommy Top. This, this yeah. goes under the heading of D-E-D, 
don't oh, ever I, do. Ooh, I love these. I love some yeah, and I, and I, I think you invented that. Uh, you did that, that acronym. Acronym. Yeah. yeah. I've been just watching, but look, watching human nature. You see this <laughs> knife right here? <laughs> Perfectly harmless, closed. It's sharp. I keep it sharp. Yeah. If you do this, because of something. <laughs> those of you listening, do, he's opening up back, his. Back, it's still here. If you will look carefully at the end, you'll yeah. see blood stain. I do see blood on it. You know why? That's my blood. <laughs> oh boy! And look, all I did was I, I took Speaking this knife mind. out. I'm seated in my, my old chair, and uh, constantly a wincing at what I'm hearing is going on in the culture of America. <laughs> and I, I turned it off for a year and a half, but I, I went back and I said, "Let me just see if it's collapsed further." And yeah. it's resoundingly collapsed further. But I'm sitting there. I, I open this knife up. I clean my fingernails, and unwittingly, I set. It, I'm in a. I'm in a. You know, a chair that you lean back on. Like a lazy, lazy. That's right. Lazy. I set the knife down right beside my leg, open. Mm. Which that's the first. Don't ever do. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't do that. So it's like that. Well, I took this right leg. And at one time, you know, I'm pretty limber, limber so I'd, I, I'd put my leg up on the, when I came back with my leg, it, I'm just going to rest it on the chair. <laughs> it was a, a solid frontal <laughs> right under, I'll show you. Oh, no. Oh, boy. This is, Tell him to talk in his mind. This episode, you need to be watching. <laughs> if you will look carefully. Oh, boy. Look right there. See all that purple, that, that purple looking. Oh, yeah, and I see the Band-Aid. The Band-Aid. That knife you stabbed yourself came just like this. Yeah, I mean, a good quarter of an inch deep. The blood spurted. I was talking to old Owens and uh, yeah. that other guy. We converted old. Uh, there's a couple of the brothers we was talking to. Close was that knife. Close that knife because yeah. you're making me nervous. Blood went to spurting. So I said, y'all. I said I've been on the earth seventy-six years, and you've just caught a, a first and a DED. Never have a open pocket knife. Right beside you in a in a lounge chair. Don't do that. I said because that thing. I I I rammed my leg against that, and you're looking at the good days. That's been a week ago. Oh man, it was a quarter inch deep, right in the right below, uh, right above the wheel. You see it? So no, I see it, Phil. I, I got we it. We got it. I got it. Yeah. So yeah, if you're not watching, the, his foot is up for all on the, the all the, the listeners. Table. You say, "Oh, did you go to the doctor and get three or four stitches?" <laughs> Which is what it needed. No, I didn't do that. No doctor. You say, "Well, what did you do?" Day one, when you stop the bleeding, best you can. You don't want it all on your sheets when you go to bed. So I had to fix it so no blood was coming out on the end of my bed where my feet were. So I said, "Well, here we go." So the next day. The first thing I did, I ran a big boiler like this with hot water with salt in it. And I just eased my, got, it's hot, so hot you couldn't put your foot in it. But you did. But I waited till I finally got my foot down in a big bucket of salt water. And I just sat there and it And, and it this burned. is better than getting the stitches, right? <laughs> better than getting the stitches. But the blood started to flow again when I did that. So I finally got the blood squeezed off. Took two days for it to quit bleeding. I soaked it in the salt water for uh, three days in a row, 
and a slow healing started to take place. I was making sure I'd clean it. I'd clean it every day or two. I'd clean that, take that Band-Aid off, mm -hmm. start all over again, soak it again, wipe it with alcohol swaths, <laughs> swaps. And, so I finally got it back down to normal, but uh, that's a man sticking his, stabbing himself on the leg. I'm Don't good. do that. I'm feeling a lot better about those mods. <laughs> <laughs> I know why wow. I'm just now hearing about I mean, you're fighting bugs and I'm fighting my own knives. Yeah. I cannot <laughs> believe you did that, Phil. I, I can't either. I said that's a first said I think we get a certain age where just things like that happen. I mean the other the other day I was around and I was like, Who took my shirt? I mean, this is before everybody left. I'm like, I just I had a shirt in my hand and I I could I was going I was where's the shirt? But what happened was when I walked by the garbage, whatever I meant to throw away, <laughs> I, I threw away my shirt in the garbage and kept walking. And then I was like, somebody took my shirt. Why would they pick it up? <laughs> Which is the Robertson way. You immediately blame everyone around you for whatever you're dealing with. I mean, think about it. You're just sitting on the couch, you know, talking to a couple of brothers. And we're just talking there, and we had the TV turned down low every once in a while. We turned up and said, look, look at this bunch now, what You're they're just, doing. You're just, ah, I'm here. And I just said, hey, ow. I looked, and I said, well, what do you know, boys? You, you've caught a DED here. I said, I just stabbed myself with this knife. And their eyes got big because oh, the blood was, blood was just spurting. Oh, oh, the bottom of your foot. I know why I'm blood just. Blood right, right up above you. I know why you're just now telling this. That's almost embarrassing. Almost embarrassing. I said 76. I said, you never know. <laughs> well, the fact you had an audience, yeah, it made it all the more entertaining, I guess. I don't know why that's so well, funny. Well, because you won. You, I thought Phil's going to try to top my story. He did. And he did, and it wasn't close. <laughs> it was. <laughs> you guys I had little puppies, and you say, where would little puppies, what's the first thing they'd go for and try to tear up? A fresh bandage. <laughs> If you put a fresh bandage on, they want to tear that off of there, so they're all coming after my where the entry point of the knife came on. I'm slapping them away, and the, you know they're trying to tear that uh, that, that that bandage off. I love it that how Dad started this by most people go get some stitches. Nope, <laughs> because this method of having the dogs attack me and the boy three, no, three to four little stitches would have done wonders. But you know what are you gonna do? Stop and drive to town and say, you know, uh, no, you've been to it. You've been to a town. Oh, yeah, you don't want to do that. All right, let's take a break. Home remedies. So uh, one of the things I appreciate, Jace, about being in my 50s is just sort of a survival. I mean, now we got three of us in our family that are at least 50 years old. Uh, it's also how long American Home Shield has been around protecting homes and budgets 50 years. And so they help cover the cost to repair or replace parts to over 20 home systems and appliances when they wear out. Uh, great thing to have. Lisa and I have it for our home, and uh, and and we trust it because we know things are going to go wrong. So, um, let's see. Right sheet. So we've got an exclusive right now, $50 off for listeners of our show. Uh, coverage available no matter how old your appliances or your systems are. So, Really good, really worth checking out. So keep your home up and running, your budget on track with American Home Shield. Right now, unashamed listeners can take $50 off their most comprehensive plans ever. Go to ahs.com slash fill 
to save that 50 bucks. That's the letters ahs.com slash fill. Service fees, limitations, and exclusions apply. See their plan for details. American Home Shield. Be sure with the shield. Salt water, hot salt water would my, cure a lot of ailments. My favorite part of the story was I got it so hot where you couldn't put your foot in it. But I did. So I put my foot in it. Well, I, I did it. And you it know, started I, to bleed again. It started to bleed again. <laughs> and, you know, it bled pretty good when I put it in there, too. I'll say that. Well, I looked it up. It, yeah, oh, actually, man. it is a, a salt water. It says here it, it dates back to the ancient Greeks. But yeah, they've done controlled studies that it does increase heal the healing process by. Well, well you know, there osmosis. you go. Well, I never read that so, over the internet. So yeah, I just all the way back to the Greeks. That's why the Lord made the earth three fourths ocean. That's right. so now we know. Jump in it. So what the, else did it say there, Zach? It said it's not safe to drink it, so you can't drink it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, drink salt water drink, if you want to bark. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hey, my dog. But it does work. Does it every it day? Was significant, a, yeah, significant increase in the healing process. Well, well uh, you versus know. The so finally, Dad, degree. you have the answer to the question you've asked a thousand times on the podcast. What department in salt water came up with salt water that helps heal your body? Salt, salt water. water. <laughs> <laughs> and now, on top of that, they took the telescope so they can look further into the universe. Oh, that's some amazing stuff. But they, oh, they came up with the very opposite thing I was thinking about. I said, boy, they, they, to look at that, you, you, they had to be a creator to make that. That's what I thought. The order about it. But they, the guys that came on, oh, no, that was a... That was, you're looking at 13.5 billion years More ago. More random chaos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, those pictures are amazing. I mean, you, you're watching galaxies form. It's it's incredible. <clears throat> but I'm like you. It looks like stars, but but you're like, wait, that's not stars. That's actually, that's galaxies yeah. and billions of stars oh, in each one of those inside galaxies. Inside each one. The, the immensity of it all is what got me just from looking at it. You know, the and the more you can look the bigger it gets. I mean, it's and pretty incredible. To yeah. see that, you, I, I've concluded, which is easier to believe, that, that it just went boom, and we're seeing the far reaches of it, or someone was behind that. Yeah. I mean, Through could, him, all things were made. That had been made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. True. And, and the thing about this, Chase. John 1, 3. Think about this. <clears throat> and we have evolved, and I'm saying that in quotes if you're listening. We have evolved to the point where now we have come up with things we can go look at and see it out there. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think there had to be a connection between what we're seeing out there and what we're seeing in us. I will say, by the way, based on Hebrews 1, I alluded to it when we... First segue, but in in these last days, he's spoken to us. We're fixing to get into a little section where it says Jesus, you know, he appeared at the end of the ages. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. In other words, there was no high priest, only human beings, flawed, won't work, not big enough. You got to be, got to be bigger than that. (laughs) Right. So the bigness of and the worth. Of Jesus starting to nine the first covenant and all his regulations, earthly sanctuary. Well, he starts playing off that, and none of it was big enough until Jesus showed up, the Creator. 
right. Where do we so, leave off at anyway? We're uh, starting chapter 8 today. Okay. <laughs> By the way, in Hebrews 1, we already covered that uh, that he's going to be the doing the destroying. He's going to roll them up like a robe. God is. The very thing we were looking at with those pictures those guys took with the telescope. Yep, he said he's going to roll that up. Just roll it up. Yep. Start over again. New heavens, new earth. <clears throat> he did it once. He can do it again. He rolled it out. If you've got the power to roll it out, then you've got the power to roll it up. That's it. <laughs> you know what and I mean? You could roll it out again. And the first one, based on a law of works, no humans were perfect enough. They weren't. They weren't clean enough to, to do it. <laughs> right. They, they were sin. The blood of animals. No, not not big enough. Won't won't do it. The high priest. Nope. He can't go through the. We're talking about the one who came down and went through the heavens that we looked at with that telescope. He's out there. Well, guess what? Humans are still not good enough. No. That that isn't true. Use your word, Al. We've evolved and we got the same problem. Yeah. Or devolved. Which is interesting because the humanists always thought we would evolve to some place where we wouldn't have earthly problems, but that hasn't happened. (laughs) As long as there's been humans, you still got this, they're still doing the same things they've always done. Yep. Well, that's the problem with humans, and when there's no absolute, when you're just like, yeah, we'll just figure out, you know, the moral compass, you know, just whatever you whatever you think. Well, then all of a sudden, if you don't have some kind of absolute to go go back to, then nobody can distinguish good from evil. Then you know, because it's like yes, yeah, moving goal. It's all whatever you yeah, whatever you think. But then when you look at some other culture. You're like, well, wait a minute. That that's not that's not right. It was like when we did yesterday. I was preaching on Second Corinthians ten, and it's that <clears throat> the first part of that's when Paul said, you know, some people claim that we wage war as the world does. Then he lays out how they demolish strongholds with the knowledge of God and take every thought captive and present oh, it yeah. to Christ. <clears throat> and I love the idea because without a standard of God, to Jace's point, you have an ever-evolving standard of whatever the current group thinks we should do. And that's so, and it's never, you can't nail it down. It's moving goalposts to the whole time that you see what you see now. He had a earthly human construct put together, human construct. Right. And he had that, and he's going to go to great lengths to say it is impossible for what we are now under the grace of God and Jesus, that the one mediator before God and men. If he hadn't been there, it just wouldn't have worked, Al. So I wrote down after I read 9 and 10 before we came in here today, I just wrote down impossible to be a human construct. It's a picture of it. It's a it's it's a way it works, mm-hmm. but the wrong personnel, humans, that now yeah. can't do it. Now, in Jay's, so in my sermon... That's what the Jews couldn't see. In my sermon, I said, if you want to see, if you want wondering what is Paul talking about in 2 Corinthians, what it looks like to see how the world wages war against each other, there's. I gave them three places to go look. A congressional hearing, a, a United States congressional hearing, uh, one hour of cable news, and just pick any network, or a Twitter thread. If you want to see how the world... Wages by worldly standards go there because it's just constant demeaning, belittling, 
you know, if you can't win a debate, you just attack the person. I mean, that's the way the world does it, you know, and what we're looking at is well, understanding. It, and it's a good point because at some point, uh, Zach will know, but, but he asked me, would I speak to some Republicans, the Republican Party, House or the Senate or both, I don't know which, and their wives, they, I was invited to speak there. And Zach ran it by me and asked me what I do. And I said, yeah, I'll do it. So I, it's, I'm the, add that to your three. Well, <coughs> I have a feeling. Sometime agents from God, ambassadors <laughs> yeah. from God will show up among politicians. I have a feeling you're going to bring a godly standard into that conversation. You're, you're, you have, you, you're getting the right vibes. <laughs> well, that's exciting. I'm, I hadn't heard hey. about this. That's going to be great. And, and they can't fire me. Right. And I don't care what the woke crowd says. <laughs> I am not worried about them. You know, I, I point them to Jesus, too. So, hey, not like I hate well, them what, because they're woke. Or that's right. Just I mean, I go back. Nonsense. I made that point in John 1 before, but I think there's two. You know, when you look at that John 1, which, you know, simulates what happened in Hebrews 1 that you refer to. In these last days, he spoke to us by his son. Jesus is the word. But it says, you know, he came to that which is own, but they didn't understand it or overcome it. I, I talked about that before, that kind of the two different ways you miss miss this whole thing is you're either hostile toward God, sear your con your conscience is seared after just yep. sin after sin, and you're angry, or you just don't understand it, which is the religious segment of this. That's either ritualistic, yep. or they're just saying make another law, or make fill another with law. hate. Yeah, fill make with another law. That's your, all they do is pass laws. So when he got down to to uh, you know John one twelve, when he's talking about he he gave us this gift of being born again, because he's he's actually selling the idea here that it's a father son daughter relationship. Which you think about it, if you're if you're viewing religion, like from a legalistic standpoint, if you're missing Jesus, missing the relational aspect, it's almost like you're an employee. You're you're working, and based on your performance, you you're in either good standing or you feel good about yourself. The problem with that is, if you're looking at it like that, if you don't do your job, what do you do in the in the employee environment you get fired right it's um if you, that and i think that's why he's trying to through jesus show this it is a gift of god you are born again you are sons and daughters because the difference in that attitude than the workplace and or the legalistic type religion is that what happens when you don't perform or your kids don't well you don't fire them that you get that gets that gets your attention even more you're wanting to help them you're wanting to you know in love and i think that's what he's trying to get across here to the to the jews here yeah and the, see when i talk to the politicians hang on dad let's take a break i believed one of the myths jace that uh the higher the thread count, the better the sheet. You know, we got into where we were saying, man, if I could find one that's 2,000 thread count, and I realized that it's a myth because it really doesn't matter 
how many threads it has if the threads aren't made out of something really good. And so that's uh, one of our sponsors. That's their base of uh, their operation, Bowl and Branch, because they use 100% organic cotton, which gives superior softness and a better night's sleep. And I do love my Bowl and Branch. Lisa and I have been sleeping on them for years. You can tell when you touch them just how luxurious they are. They say that they're beloved by three U.S. presidents. Doesn't say which ones, but over 10,000 stellar reviews. They're 100% free from toxins, meaning no pesticides, harsh chemicals. Check them out. You get a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping on all return orders, and then you won't return them because they're great. You get 20% off site-wide during the annual summer event that's happening now on bowlandbranch.com. So this is their best offer of the year before the holidays. So check them out now. Go to B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch, bowlandbranch.com, 20% off site-wide, and have some comfortable sheets. They say, well, we, we, if we, we need to fix this by passing a law, so we'll get together, and if there's a majority of it pass a law, then we'll get this done on what we're trying to say because this will be good for the country. Yeah. Well, you, you look at all that, and you say, well, we, we have another system. And they would say, what? So we have another system. And it doesn't involve law at all. It's, a, it's, it's, it's love towards your neighbor, joy because your sins are removed and you can be raised from the dead. There's peace between ourselves and God. We patiently wait. Love, we, joy, but peace, it, peace, kindness, goodness, Because it's a person, though. What I'm saying is you can you can have the right laws, but it, it if you says, don't have... No, against such things, there is no law. I mean, you can't... You're like, I know, but you, you can't just have the the right things to do without the person who's given them. That's it. I mean, correct. So I'm saying the moralist, the guy out there, just you can take those principles, but if you don't have it going back to somebody who actually gave it, you get into what we're discussing in Hebrew, right? Which is was their problem, yeah? <clears throat> because the the covenant was was a covenant that was flawed, not from God's side of the covenant, but from man's side of the covenant. It was that's a flawed correct. covenant. So to get back to our text, because that's what we're going to do in, in chapter 8, verse 1, the way the NIV phrases this, because we've been, remember we talked about, really we started back in where 4, where this idea came up about the Sabbath and Melchizedek. By the way, I was there when you bring it up, and you it'll come up quick, even the opening line, is that... I think we need to our listeners to stress it all comes down into the position that you are, what position you're in. Right. If there's no Jesus there, you have to earn your salvation, which so far no one has ever kept the law but him. Right. Well, so he fixed work. it so your position is in him where there's no sin. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Correct. And so he's been talking, he brought in this idea about the priesthood and the high priest, which we've talked about in previous podcasts. And then he clarifies now, and he's going to shift gears a little bit. He says, the point of what we're saying is this. So anytime you hear a clarifying statement like that, yep, you know, okay, better pay attention. We do have such a high priest. Because remember we were talking about Melchizedek and how it wouldn't work, and the high priest had his own sins. Among humans, a lot of them came and they went, but but at the end of the day. Zero for zero. <clears throat> we do 
have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. So now we know the new covenant is headquartered in heaven. And by the way, I'll while you're there, 40 days roughly from the resurrection of Jesus is when that took place. He le- left here, mm-hmm. going to the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. He left here bodily about 40, 50, 50 days later. Right. After convincing them all he was alive, Correct. he had to show them, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, I'm the one that gets you out of here. So just to clarify what you're reading there, keep going. <clears throat> so if you re- you're right, Dad. If you read the end of the Gospels, after his resurrection, and then you go to Acts 1, that period of time was 40 days, and then off he went. And it says not only is he there as a as mediator of a new covenant, verse 2, and who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not by man. That's a big shift. It's right a huge there. shift into everything yeah. they ever knew. I can see how, how it would come, how it would be difficult for someone, because I'm just looking at 250 years of Christianity in the in America, and all of the friction, and all of the factions, and all of the dissensions, and all the disorder. Can you imagine among the Jews after you know 1,500 years, two, almost 2,000 years living under the law of Moses, and someone comes along and says it's fixing to be all swept away, and you'll have direct line between you and God. Yeah. I mean, it would be a tough one to swallow. <clears throat> it would be, because it's all they had ever known. But I want to go yeah. back to John 1. I mean, I didn't know we were going this direction, because I keep bringing that up. I mean, do you know what that word is in verse 14 of John 1? The word became flesh, the Greek word, what it means, and made his tabernacle among us. Mm-hmm. So he came here so we could go there. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, he yep. he's literally opened heaven for us. I mean, I, I think when I was young in the faith, when I read stuff like this, what we're reading in Hebrews, it seemed like kind of scary and like, wait a minute now, these people are sacrificing bulls and goats, and you have this order of things, and you have the priest going in once a year, and you have all these symbolic. It just seemed like some some weird. You know, movie you see where there's, but so I'm like, why did God set this up like this? Well, what? And, well, you got nine, eight, uh, Jace. The Holy Spirit was showing by this on what you just said. He entered the inner room once a year, never without blood. He offered it for himself for the sins of the people committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit was showing by this that the way into the most holy place. Now, check this out. Had not yet been disclosed. There's no Jesus. There's no mediator. There's no direct contact. As long as the first tabernacle was still standing. That's why when he looked over there and said, you see that thing? It's coming down. There's a new order fixing to take place here. But they were looking around at each other like, what did he just get through saying? You, you see my point? Yep. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. I was like, but the reason this has happened is so that it could be available for everybody and it didn't compromise who God is. You know, I, I heard somebody say this. I wrote this down. I wanted to give it to you. 
God, the God who just forgives is not holy. You know, if he just says, oh, I forgive you, whatever. You know, if there's no, there's no system in place that makes sense, well, then he's not holy. The God who won't forgive is not loving. So if we just had God up there and said, you know what, I'm just not going to forgive you. Which a lot of people see him that way, right? Yeah. The God who can't forgive is not wise because he, he wouldn't have been able to figure it out. So that's why when you see the cross and when you see Jesus referred to in, in John 7, I mean uh, Hebrews seven twenty five, when he said, therefore he is able to save completely or to the uttermost those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. I mean, this was God's plan. His character was not compromised in any way. And the Lord, Jesus, who came to this earth, opened the door to heaven for us. Right. But we as humans, which is what's crazy, the Jewish system, I get it, but even today we say, oh, no, we want this system over here where this we want, we want the we want the copy we want the copy we, of we it, want, which is yeah. what is, instead of the original well, you're saying these are better promises it's like that game life we used to play you know where you made money but then at some point you'd get a promissory note or yeah you know and yeah. it's like but in real life that's a game we're playing ha ha but in real life i don't want somebody giving me a bunch of promissory notes <laughs> at not. some point i'm like <laughs> give me some cash let's take another break So one of the first things guys notice usually when they look at a picture of themselves is maybe a little receding hairline or a bald spot. And when you're young, especially, you know, you're not too crazy about that pre-35. And I've known a lot of guys that have had this issue before. And so we want to help you flip the odds in favor of saving your hair. And you can do that with one of our sponsors who's been with us from the beginning is a company called Keeps. Uh, hair loss can be tough. Obviously, it gets pointed out by other people. Most time, people just shave it off. But you do have another option if you go and check out Keeps. They have a clinically proven, FDA-approved hair treatment. It's available online, so you don't have to go to the doctor or go in a waiting room or anything like that. It comes right to your door. Uh, no visits. They've got a physician online that's going to make sure you get the right products for you. And they're also available 24-7 if you have any questions. So if the balding jokes are wearing a little thin, join thousands of guys who have saved their hair by going to keeps.com slash door. You're going to get 50% off your first order. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash door. Keeps.com slash door. Yeah, going, going back to... To Jace's point, you brought that up. You kind of skipped over it a little bit, though, but I think it's key. And John 1, I went and looked it up when you said it, on the Strong's Concordance of the, the Greek word for dwelt. Mm -hmm. uh, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we behold the glory of him, a glory as of an only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. So the word there, it, here's, here's the, the definition of it. Um, the Greek word is to dwell as in a tent, encamp, have my tabernacle, uh, to, to to tent or to encamp, to occupy or to reside. So when you you, you think about that that word, and, and particularly in the context of Hebrews chapter eight, my translation says that Jesus, a true minister in the sanctuary and in the true tabernacle, 
which the Lord pitched, not man. And you think about that tabernacle of the Old Testament, and we've talked about this a lot. We, we talked about this a whole lot when we went through the book of Matthew, that there's this consistent storyline in the New Testament of God's chosen people and the place that God would dwell would be in, first in the tabernacle and then eventually in the temple. And every place that God would dwell, what what did God's people do to that place? They they bastardized it. They turned it into a, a shrine for prostitution, for money exchange, and they, they kept turning the house of God, the place where God dwelled among men and where God was at, His presence was known. They, they kept bastardizing it. And the point that I think Hebrews is getting at is just that point. It's like this is the system that, that was built in the Old Testament was never going to work because man was, they were never going to be able to be perfect. It, it became like a money-making money enterprise when Jesus rolled in and to turn the tables over and all that. It had gotten down to that where it was just the flow of money, Zach. Just a money-making yeah, enterprise. Exactly. And, and I think to Jason's point that he said earlier, I'll probably rephrase a little bit to say, it, it's not necessarily that, that God made a way for us to go to heaven. I think what the point he's making here is, is that uh, heaven came to us. I mean, that's, yeah. that's really what he's saying, is, that, he's is saying. that heaven, and there's a, I think there's a song that, and this is a very controversial line, I'm not sure why, but it, um, it was something like a, uh, he didn't want heaven without us, so, so Jesus, you brought heaven down. And um, and I get part of the reason why that's controversial, but I kind of agree with it, that he did bring heaven down to us um, through Jesus, and God is dwelling among us. The The book of Matthew, it, be, it begins and ends with the same exact thing, that, that, that God came in the flesh and dwelt among us, and he's with us. His presence is with us. So I think what's being set up here is an idea— that the presence of the Lord, that we can actually now really participate in being in the presence of the Lord, and like in a way that, that was never possible before because that whole system was flawed or wasn't adequate. <clears throat> and I like the way that he, the Hebrew writer, makes it about the place where Jesus is. Because if you go back, you know, it's, it's, it's ironic. If you go back and read the book of Exodus and you see how it all went down, and we refer to it quite a bit, there's the mountain, there's the fire and the thunder and the lightning. Remember, everybody was super, you know, terrified. Scared. And the law comes down. But what's interesting is in Exodus 24, Moses and Joshua go back up. And, and then from 25 all the way to 32, they're up on the mountain. And it says the people looked up and what to Moses looked like a cloud that he went into, the presence of God to the people look like a big fireball on top of this mountain. And Moses walks into it. And in that 40 days he was up there, guess what God gave him? The, the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, all the rules they would have. He set up the situation by which people would, for the next several thousand years, would function with him. So I find it well, interesting. That would be before... Jesus Before came. Jesus. And so that, that that system would be in place. And so now we come along way after that and after Jesus, and the Hebrew writer says, look, all that that happened was just to point you to him. The tabernacle was only the copy. It was only the shadow. None of that was real. What's real is who Jesus is. So, I mean, Which I thought— the point, the point he's making in Hebrews 8 is that the, one of the problems with, with the early tabernacle was— 
not not necessarily that God was there. It wasn't that, but it was the who who is setting up, who is pitching the tent, and it was men. Right, men were pitching the tent, and that's why it was men who corrupted the tent. It was men who corrupted the tabernacle. So, yeah, God would dwell there temporarily, but they would always kick him out because the tent, the Ark of the Covenant, all that they that was being facilitated by men. That's who pitched that tent. And what he's saying here is it was it was never going to work. It was faulty. That's why he says that in uh, verse seven that the first covenant was faulty. Right. If it wasn't faulty, then why would there have to be a second covenant? It was faulty because it was contingent upon man constructing it and pitching the tent. And what he's saying here is the new tabernacle, or not the new one, the real tabernacle is the one that's pitched by by God himself. And that's why that one is incorruptible. And so when you move into this idea of God's presence, what is the new temple now? What's the, what's the temple according to Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 6? We're the temple. Correct. So now if, if, you are, if you are a believer in Jesus, you are the new temple. And the reason why it, you're not corruptible is because that temple, you are not built by yourself. You're built by the finished work of Jesus. It's incorruptible. God's presence can be in you. So we move past, I just got saved from something, to I'm, now I'm, I'm being saved to something. And what I'm being saved to is to be in a relationship with the creator of the cosmos. No, that's a great point. Let's, uh, let's take a break. Yeah, I mean, the, but chapter 3, verse 6, I mean, we've already gone over this. He said that Christ is faithful as a son over God's house. Because that's why I brought up the John 1 about we've been given the gift to be born of again, born of God, born again, but born of God as children. He he chose the the family relationship aspect of this, and then it says, "And we are His house if we hold on to our courage." So I mean, I I think people have trouble wrapping their head around this that the God of the universe chose to be family and a relationship-oriented aspect to bond with, with people. Right. And so these, the Hebrews, I mean, the whole book of Hebrews was written to a group of people that had this copy and shadow of, of, a, of a need from God's perspective of having everyone, having this offered to everyone, this relationship. And it was his plan. But they want to stick to the copies and the, in the shadows. Well, and then that's the Hebrew writer's point, and Zach just made it. Look at verse 3. Every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices, and so it was necessary for this one also to have something to offer. He's talking about Jesus. If he were on earth, he would not be a priest, for there are already men who offer the gifts prescribed by the law. In other words, Jesus couldn't be the priest if you got other priests. Something had to give, Right. They serve at a sanctuary that is a copy and shadow of what is in heaven. That's the reality. This is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle, see to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. And that was what I just described to you, Exodus 24 through 32. Yeah, but I think it's hard to wrap your head around all this until you read chapter 9 and 10 also. I mean, this well, is because we're leading into it. That's right. So, I mean, just so I can make this example on what I think we're saying, I mean, I was going to say this when we get to 9, but I, I just, I think if you wrap your head around this, you wrap, you, you get it. 
so I noticed this just in studying the Greek words and all. In, in Hebrews, let me just read Hebrews 9, 23. It says, It was necessary then for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these sac- sacrifices, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these, which is kind of a controversial passage because people are like, well, what in the world happened in heaven? bad why why does it need to be some people say well that's when the evil one fell rebellion celestial beings or whatever but i think it's more what zach said earlier about heaven coming down and us jesus being our door into heaven since we are flawed but that's not my point so i want to read this for christ did not enter a man-made sanctuary that was only a copy of the true one which is what we're talking about he entered heaven itself and uh, to one point that Zach made earlier, this next phrase, now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. Then Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But now he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice. Uh, so let me keep reading. Just just as man is destined to die once after that face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation. Now, I'm going I'm to do a trick real quick. Appeared is mentioned three times in those verses. 24, 26, and 28. You see it? Yep. All three different words. Different Greek words. So you say, what is your point? What, what You're talking about cool. This is cool. So in 24, when he says he appears now to appear for us, well, when is that going on in God's presence? When, when is he appearing on our behalf in heaven in God's presence? So let's do a time frame. When is that going on? Seated at the right hand of the Father. That's right now. Right? Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. Well, in 26, watch this. Then Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation world. But now he has appeared once and for all at the end of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice himself. When was that appearing? That's happened when he died. That was on the cross. Yep. Because so, so no what? one was big enough and powerful enough I know, but, to remove sin. But, but, but don't miss my point. He In one paragraph, he gives three time instances. One is he said he's interceding now. Two, look, he he died on a cross. He appeared for who? He appeared for us. He's appearing now. You look back on the cross. Guess who he was there for? You. He, he, He stepped up again. Well, look at the last one in 28. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. Uh oh. Here. And he will appear a second time. Not to bear sin, but to bring salvation. Well, when is that going to happen? End of time. That's the future. Second coming. So that's why when you get to that little verse in Hebrews 13, 8, and it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that's not just some some little statement he came up with. He just showed that in every instant, important, pivotal moment of your life, he appeared for you. He was on a cross for you. He's in God's presence interceding for you, and he's coming back for you. 
And they used three different Greek words that all had a different definition of appearing. I'll let you look that up if you want to, because I don't have time to go into that. But it was fascinating. Like the last one is more like he appeared. I mean, he will appear. It's like the word means, oh, you can, you'll see him with your eyes. The, uh, the first one was like the mediator. He is like a lawyer. It, that was the definition. And the one that he went to the cross was more the revealing of his character in a public way, like appearing like this is who I am appearing. I mean, in a public way. Right. So I just thought, I mean, when I saw those different aspects of that and you read all these the rituals and shadows and copies that he was representing. At the end of the day, you got to simplify it and say, at every point in history and in my life where I needed him, that was God's way of, of revealing himself and appearing on my behalf. I mean, I think it's pretty powerful. I read it last night and said, this is the most powerful thing I've ever read in all the scriptures. This, oh, oh, oh it, we're, we're covering. It, it, yeah. yeah, it is. That's why I wanted to, because well, you get bogged down, start talking about the light, the light stand, and what did the, yeah. uh, well, and, and these are all things I think you should talk about. But if you miss the point, which I think that chapter or that paragraph when he got there, it was like this is God revealing Himself, enabling the whole world past, present, and future, every single person yeah. to be able to have a pathway to heaven. And then the, the byproduct of that is have a living relationship with, with God on a personal level. By the way, I think after Hebrews chapter 9, and you just quoted it when he, when he suffered on the cross, now he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages. Well, Hebrews chapter 1 says, in the past God spoke to us many times, many ways through the prophets, but in these last days he's spoken to us by his son. So that's twice that it talks about the end of, what would you say, the end of it all. I mean, right. that's twice. So I'm just saying, I don't well, know. Well, the end I'm, of what we know. Not what, there is no end to him. We're 2,000 years uh, since Jesus showed up, but... There's going to be an end to it <clears throat> because it says he appeared at the end of the ages. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, we're out of time. So we'll, uh, let's explore that a little Ooh, bit more in the overtime. Quick. And plus, I have a major irony about how people keep doing the same thing over and over again. So we'll talk about that in overtime. BlazeTV.com slash unashamed if you want to follow us over there. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.